Hey, it's your host, Mark Santiago. I'm excited to introduce you to the next level of this podcast, Empowered AF 2.0. 2.0. In this next stage of Empowered AF, we're going to dive deeper into what it means to be an empowered man in his most advanced form. I'm talking healthy communication, healthy lifestyle, both physically and emotionally, and evolving into the man you've always wanted to be. So stick around and join me in this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. All right, welcome to this week's episode of Empowered AF 2.0. Now, what I want to do today is I, I've noticed a lot of questions in my group, and I don't always get a chance to get in there and answer them. So what I did was I went through and just kind of chose three gnarly questions that we get in our Facebook group all the time that I thought would be really powerful. I answered them for you today on the podcast. So without further ado, I'm going to get into this. Um, but first thing I want you to do is, is be prepared to know that what I say in here is for this guy specifically based upon the information he has given me. Okay. Um, I know that some things can sound very blanket in what we do. And that's part of the, I guess that's part of the role of an information, you know, uh, a person who's, who's, who's sells information, books, podcasts, uh, newsletters, anything, right? Anybody, any guru, anybody that you, you subscribe to, read their books, whatever, they're going to give somewhat blanket information. But what I want to do is I want to try to frame the information in such a way that you understand my thinking behind it, right? Um, we get accused of that all the time where it's like, well, you know, you're just giving basic information, you're giving whatever. And it's like, look, we, we can't give you the full facts because we don't know everything around it. Um, and especially a lot of times with men who are hurt, they come to us and they're like, look, all this shit's happening. All this is going on. Can you fix it? Can you fix it? I'm in so much pain. And it turns out that they're lying and that there's so many other things that are going on. And so we found that what we need to do is just give them principles to live by, help them create constructs that they can put their, their situation into. And this is why we're not big on backstory. And if you've ever talked to one of our teammates, we'll tell you, hey, we don't really need to know the situation. You know, maybe we take a 30 second high level overview of your situation. But other than that, we don't really need to know about much about your situation. And the reason for that is because what's more important to us is not what's happening to you, but what's happening inside of you. What's more important is not what's happening to you, but what's happening inside of you. And that's super important. So think about that as we get into these questions. That first one was posted this week, and he said, my wife confessed my suspicion. She begged me to leave him alone. Now, obviously, what he's saying is my wife confessed to an affair. She begged me to leave him alone. Let me ask you guys something. If you know your wife is cheating, would you just move on, or would you confront the guy? Now, here's a man who lives in a either-or world, right? He's like, would you do this, or would you do this? And first of all, my answer is, well, that, that's not even the full answer. Like, you've got more options than just those two. Um, matter of fact, you could actually combine those two options and confront the guy and move on. Um, or you could not do either. Um, it, it really depends on you and your situation. But what I want to get into is the thinking behind this. This is, this is what I call classic childhood thinking or uh, a teenage boy thinking. When a man presents his, his question like this, he's coming at it from his teenager self, his 13-year-old his boy self, right? He's not coming at it from a real man's standpoint because a real man knows, number one, confronting the guy is, is going to do what, right? What's it going to accomplish for you? Um, leaving her just because she cheated on you, what's that going to accomplish for you? There, there's, now, at the end of the day, again, this is what I'm saying. It's not a blanket statement. What I'm trying to do is give you constructs. 
Leaving your wife might be the best thing for you. I, I don't know. I don't know your situation. Confronting the guy may or may not be the best thing for you. More than likely it comes back to this is what kind of man are you? What kind of man were you before all this happened? Right? Were you a passive aggressive man? Were you a passive man? Uh, were you an aggressive man? Like what kind of man were you? Because answering that question is more important than you or I trying to grapple with like, okay, what's gonna be better? Punch him in the nose and running away and hoping the cops don't get called or leave her dumb ass and go find some other chick you can bang. Like it, it, that is childish thinking. And so what I'd rather you do is instead of asking that type of question, I would be asking myself this question. What do I have control over? Ultimately, what do I have control over? Yeah, I do have control over divorcing her. I do have control over confronting him, but what else do I have control over? I have control over how I respond in this situation. I have control over the way my children see my response. I have control over how she sees my response. I have control over how I feel when I get up and look at myself in the mirror every day. Right, and those are the things that we need to be thinking about because those are longer term thinking. What happens is when you're under pain, when you're in pain, you are thinking immediate, 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 immediate. You can't do that because some of you are making the dumbest decisions possible when you're in the midst of pain. I'm looking at, I've got a poster over there on my, on my, uh, in my office here uh, of Mike Tyson punch out. In fact, I'll just share it to see if you guys see it real quick. You can see it right there on the board. Yeah. Uh, Mike Tyson punch out. Anyways, it is a, uh, one of my favorite games as a, as a, as a child. And the reason for it is because, number one, I could never beat Mike Tyson. I sucked at that game. I think I could get to, like, Bald Bull, maybe some of the other guys. But Mike Tyson has this famous quote, and that is that, is that everyone has a plan until they get punched. It's true. We all have a plan until we get punched. And, and, and this is what happens with so many of you is because you're living your plan. You're living your life, and all of a sudden, boom, you get punched. Your wife wants to leave you. Your wife is having an affair. Uh, you know, you, you find out shit that you didn't even know was going on was going on. All this stuff is happening because you've suddenly been punched and now you don't know what to do. And so your first reaction is to act like a child. It's to act like that 10, 12 year old self that never fully developed as a man. And this is why this is the first test of manhood because so many of you have never been actually like brought into being a man. You weren't fathered in, you, you, you kind of proved yourself in the sense that, you know, okay, well, maybe if I work hard and I do this and I do that, then, okay, I'm good to go. I'm a, I'm a real man. Or maybe you were good at having sex or maybe you were attractive and ladies always want to have sex with you. So you're like, oh, this is a real man. But like, you're basing your manhood and your masculinity on something that's external. You're basing it on something that's frivolous. You're not basing it on something that's real inside of you because all that shit falls away. I don't care how good looking you are. I don't care how good of a producer you are. All that stuff fades away. And what doesn't fade away is who you are, the core essence of you as a man. Who am I as a man? So this guy asking this question, if your wife is cheating, would you just move on or would you confront the guy? I think, it, I think it's a childish question. I think the better question is, what do I have control over, number one? And then number two, what kind of man do I want to, to, to be at the end of this? At the end of finding out my wife is cheating, at the end of all of this, what kind of man do I want to be? Is it necessary for me to confront this guy? You know, is, is there some reason that I should confront this guy? Maybe you do have a reason. You know, I've heard of situations where like, maybe it's like a pastor or something like that. Somebody in authority over this person and they're in authority over other people. And this is be almost like a dangerous, abusive type situation. I could see where some of that would go, right? I could see where your thoughts might come from in this. But none of that context was given here. 
what I hear in this is basically this guy's mad. Uh, his wife confessed that she's been doing this and, and she's just begging, please don't hurt him, please don't hurt him because she knows that's the kind of man you are. You're the kind of guy that's gonna pop off and express his masculinity in an unhealthy way, which is physical violence. And look, uh, dude, I'm I'm actually I'm a fan of physical violence when it when it when it's necessary. Okay, when when violence is necessary, I'm a fan of it. Violence is not always necessary. In fact, it's usually the least necessary thing uh, in, in our, our smorgasbord of things or options to do. But what men do is we go to violence first because that's that's easy. It's easy to throw a temper tantrum like a two-year-old. What's not easy is to harness the energy of that and to use it to grow through the situation to get a return on investment of your tears. That's not easy. That's what our men in Thrive do is they've decided, you know what, I'm hurt. I'm feeling all kinds of shame. I'm feeling pain. I'm feeling all these things. So instead of instead of physically acting out, instead of violently acting out, instead of doing these things, I'm going to harness that energy and I'm going to use it to catapult my own personal growth so at the end of the day, I win no matter what. This is what we do in Thrive. This is what we do in Empowered Man. As we put men in the most powerful position possible to either win their wife back and create a new marriage or to win their life back or to do both and to move on and be the healthiest, happiest that they ever could possibly be. Because most guys just don't know how to do that. And that's what we do. All right, the next one. I just joined the group and I'm searching for insight. My wife and I have been married for eight years together for 10. She told me a few years ago that she was struggling with the marriage. We started counseling, communicating everything. I've made almost every change that she has wanted me to make. Whew, I know where this is going. I know where this is going. August 23rd, she breaks down and tells me that she hasn't felt in love with me for a while. And here comes the backstory. Guys, just based on this, just based on the first couple sentences alone, I already know what's happening. I don't need your backstory. Um, you're wanting to share your backstory because you want to feel heard and understood. And I get that. Um, that's what support groups are for. We're not a support group. We're a coaching group. And coaching groups are going to take you where you're at. We're going to understand what we need to understand and then quickly get you to the next thing. Uh, recently, I went to the doctor and the doctor asked very poignant, direct questions about my symptoms. What's going on? Uh, what, what is this? You know, why is this happening? We're okay. Let me look at you. Okay. And he quickly diagnosed me. Now, imagine me going to the same doctor and going, yeah, and then, you know, my wife is, uh, you know, just been really mean to me lately. And so therefore it's, you know, causing me to feel a certain way and all this. And the doctor would be like, wait a second. Mark, I'm here. I'm here for you. I can't fix what your wife is doing. I, you know, okay, your wife is eating out a lot and she's getting overweight. And she's 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 gaining weight and all this stuff. But what does that have to do with you and your gaining weight, right? Imagine that as like both of you're gaining weight and you're sitting over here talking about her and how she's eating out a lot and causing all these things and it's causing all these problems with you. And it's like, but what does that have to do with you? You have to own you. I can't I can't fix her. And so the doctor's going to say the same thing that I'm going to say to you, which is your wife isn't here in this room with you. It's just you and us. And all we can do is is deal with you and your shit because your shit stinks. It's a massive pile of shit and it smells horrible. It smells horrendous. Your shit stinks. I'm telling you guys. Some of you, your armpits stink because you don't put on fucking deodorant. Well, it's the same thing with your bullshit, the excuses, the lies, the things that you make up that you're telling yourself to appease your little ego so that your ego doesn't feel so hurt. It stinks. And I'm telling you this because I know because my own shit stinks. Anytime I try to come with some sort of lie or anytime I tell myself a story, it stinks because I'm not owning my shit. I have to fucking own my shit. I have to live this stuff. 
So you go in the backstory, all the changes I just made, not enough to bring back the love she lost me in the past. She means that I made the changes and put in the work. It's pretty much been too little too late, which we hear this all the time. Five-year-old daughter, four-year-old son, I'm still deeply in love with her. Oh, he even capitalized deeply in love with her. Uh, um, and want nothing more than to be with her. I have told her all this. She told me that it's nice to hear, but she just needs space right now. Man, so here's the thing, guys. And it's so sad when I see this. Grown-ass men just literally falling all over themselves for a woman. And here's how it happens. It's like, and again, <laughs> I lived this shit. This was me. I was a fucking mess when my wife decided to leave, right? I, I totally understand that. So here's here's how it happens, though, is, is where everything is fine, life is going okay, nothing nothing major is, is occurring, and then all of a sudden, she comes out of nowhere, says, I don't want to be married to you, I don't, I don't, whatever, anymore. And you're like, what do I do with this? Oh my God. I, 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 and and you, start to, you start to think about all the bad shit you did. You start to think about the fact that you didn't give her all the attention. You start to think about that you didn't um, always want to listen to her, that you'd rather play your video games and listen to her. You'd rather go out with your buddies than, than be with her and, and all these other things. And you start feeling very, very guilty for what you did wrong. You feel like a bad boy. Because somewhere along the line, somebody told you you're a bad boy, you can never be a good boy, you act up, you're always being a jerk, blah, blah, blah. And so you believe and you have this belief inside of you that you're a bad boy. And so when she leaves you, it's literally affirming that belief inside of you that you're a bad boy, that you don't deserve a good wife. And so you've been sabotaging, sabotaging, sabotaging. And then once you lose the thing, now it's, I'm deeply in love. I need my wife back. I was so dumb and desperate and I can't believe. And so to her, she's like, you obnoxious motherfucker. I've been telling you for years these things about us and what's going on and you just didn't listen. You wanted nothing to do with me. If you go back and watch my uh, Platteville, welcome to Platteville episode a couple episodes ago on the podcast and you'll see me break down this conversation between a husband and wife on TV and how she basically had been telling him for years, I want change, I want change, I want change. And he's like, oh, whatever, until finally she was done. And now he's like, but you won't try? You don't want to try? And she's like, I've been trying. Where the hell have you been? So we see this all the time with these guys. You know, and look, when you say I'm deeply in love with her, I just call bullshit. I don't think you're deeply in love with her. I think you're deeply in love with the concept of her. I think your ego is shattered. And it doesn't know what to do. This is, this is so hard for men to accept and understand. They think this is about love. This has nothing to do with love. This has everything to do with pussy. This has everything to do with you getting what you want and you being fucking narcissistic. Now, I'm not saying you're a narcissist. I'm not saying that's all you care about. But, but, if you truly love her, you'll give her space. If you truly love her, you will give her that space that she needs. You will respect her boundaries and you will create boundaries for your own life. That's what true love does. True love is not the feeling and the emotion the infatuation. That's what happened is, is suddenly somebody tried to take your toy away and you recognize it. My daughter the other day, you know, she's not even playing with this toy. One of the other kids decides to start playing with it. And my daughter's like, that's my toy. I want that toy. And so because of it, she goes after it and she starts crying. And she starts, I want my toy, I want my toy, I want my toy. And that's what you guys are doing. It's like your wife took the pussy away and you're like, wait a minute, that's my pussy. I want the pussy. Give me back the pussy. Please give me back the pussy. I need it. I can't live without it. Oh, I just miss you and the kids so much. And oh, oh, all this stuff. And it's like, you realize you're a wreck of a man because you're not really a fucking man. 
when I went through this shit seven, eight years ago, I had to confront and face the reality that I wasn't a real man. I had to. Because as I got down to it, I realized that what I was wanting was based upon a concept and a theory, not on reality. I was so, my, my ego had been so shattered that all I could think of was trying to save face. All I could think of was like, what are other people gonna think? I have a faith background, ministry, things like that. What are people gonna say? This can't happen, this isn't the way it goes. This isn't what God wants. And I threw those things on her face. Fucking how dare I do that? This is a grown woman who has her own decisions to make. Now, I'm a believer, man. You get together and the two become one. I'm a believer in that. But at the same time, you still have individual personalities. And at the same time, I am not here to hold anyone hostage to me or to my love or to a an agreement we made, right? You, you hold someone hostage, you are just a manipulator. You're not actually helping her with anything. So here's the thing, this guy here, any advice on how to get her back to start new or fix things or something would be appreciated. He's just desperate for information. He's desperately seeking help where he's like, I don't know how to do X, Y, Z. I don't know what to do, blah, 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 all, all these things. He doesn't know what to do. And so he's like, just, just tell me what to do. And guys, we're not here to tell you what to do. We're here to help you build a new foundation. We're helping you build, build a construct to think through things and how you should be approaching life. You'd be amazed at how many guys come to our Thrive program and they come to us with the intent and the desire to, to, to basically create a new marriage or to save their marriage. And they'll get six weeks in the program and they're like, holy shit, I don't, I don't think I want a new marriage with her. Guys, it took me a long time to recognize the fact that my marriage was over long before the cheating happened that I had allowed it to go on way too long. Now, she had left me multiple times over the 17 years we were together, took kids packed up, etc. And in that, I recognized I was so hurt by that, I don't think I fully let it go, and I don't think we fully ever healed from some of those things. And then it just continues to get worse, gets worse, gets worse, gets worse, to where you wake up one day and you're like, oh, I love this person, but that's because out of comfort, out of, out of familiarity versus out of true, like, I am committed, I am in covenant with you, no matter what, and I, and I feel these things for you. And that's where it gets tricky, because love is not a feeling, love is a commitment more than anything. Um, so with this guy, what I would say to, to, to sum up and to answer his, his thing is number one, again, what can you control? You need to be focusing on you right now. It's like, what is one thing about you that needs to change? What is one thing about you that needs to change? because you can't escape you. She can escape you, but you can't escape you. Think about that. Your wife can file for divorce on you, but you can't divorce yourself. You hear me, guys? You cannot divorce yourself. You cannot escape you. You can't pay yourself child support. You can't pay yourself alimony. You cannot escape you. You are with you till the day you die. So you might as well own that shit. And you might as well learn to understand who you really are. And as you learn to understand who you are, there are gonna be parts of you that you're gonna be disgusted by and that you're gonna to wanna to bury and maybe it's time to bury it. Maybe it's time to put away childish things. Maybe you've been holding on to childish things that, that aren't necessary for you anymore and that you don't need to live with anymore. It's possible. All right, the final question here is, how do you know if you're being tested? This guy, how do you know if you're being tested? That question alone 
just comes from such a place of childish thinking, comes from such a place of, uh, of manipulation where you are assuming that your wife or fiance in this situation is manipulating you and, and you're falling for it. Like that's the crazy part. Like you pretty much know that she's manipulating you, but you're like, okay with it. It's fucking weird, man. Like this is weird. How do you know if you're being tested? Like, if my wife tried testing me, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, we're in this thing together. We're committed. There is no testing of me. Now, maybe earlier on in the relationship, there's certain things that you, you're looking for and, and values that you're wanting to understand, but you don't test the person. Testing them has everything to do with insecurity, has everything to do with fear. And let me tell you something, where there is love, there is no fear. I'm a big believer in, in the scripture that says where there is perfect perfect love casts out all fear. There, You cannot have fear and love in the same place. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. It's impossible. Because if there's fear there, there can't be love. And if there's love there, there can't be fear. Like You can't have both. It's oil and water. They don't go together at all. So he goes in as my, my fiance gave my ring back because I wasn't supporting her when she gave me the most. Her teenagers moved in with their dad in another state. I figured if she wanted to, to talk about it, I'd leave it open. I didn't want to pry and get it out of her. She started to cry. I was trying to confront her or comfort her. Instead of talking with me, she talks at me and I act on impulse, get defensive. Oh my gosh, she yelled at me. This is like Jerry Springer shit. Get the F out. So I assumed to leave, leave. <laughs> and by meaning leave, she said I walked out on her when she needed me the most. Later to find out she just wanted me to leave the room, not the house. Again, guys. <laughs> Maybe there's some women that test you, okay? I can't sit there and say women aren't testing you. But I would say most women are not testing you. Most women are having an emotional experience that you don't know how to fucking deal with. It's plain as simple, right? And and it's because, again, we're not trained in this. So to all you guys who go, oh, I don't need to thrive. I don't need to work on myself. I don't need to do this. When was the last time you responded in a healthy way to your wife getting upset with you? In fact, when was the last time you responded in a healthy way when somebody else got mad at you? I bet if you really think about it, you got defensive. What else did you do? You started talking shit about that person. Maybe you maybe you said some unkind things back to them, right? You got toxic and unhealthy, and that put more toxicity into whatever relationship it was. Doesn't matter if it was your wife, coworker, boss, uh, friend, family member, child. Doesn't matter what it is. These are the issues that we deal with and thrive because it's not just about your marriage, it's about you as a man. So when you say, "Oh, I got nothing to work on. I was a perfect husband." F fuck you. You were full of shit. You were so full of shit. Uh, we hear that all the time. I'm like, dude, are you serious? Like, you really think that, well, I mean, I, you know, I told her I loved her. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure I wasn't like a perfect husband. But, you know, I, I, I did most things. Right. I didn't cheat on her. Like, she cheated on me. So, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, like her, her shit is stinkier than your shit. I mean, that's basically what you're doing. You're compare, comparing the smell of her shit versus the smell of your shit. Like, that's, that's what we do here. Like, that's what is happening with this type of situation where it's like, am I being tested? She yelled at me. I mean, really what he's this guy's doing, and I almost feel bad for him, I almost feel sorry for him because he has no clue what's actually happening, he has no clue how a female's heart works and what she's actually saying. She gave me back, she gave me back the ring because she doesn't feel trust, she doesn't trust you anymore. She cannot trust you with her heart, so she gave you the ring back. And then she gives you an opportunity to trust her or she to try to build trust, and you fuck it up again, you leave. And it's because again, you don't know how to deal with those feelings and emotions. I know how it is. I remember my ex-wife getting all upset and things like that, and, and you you feel paralyzed. 
You feel like a 10-year-old boy. Um, you, you go to places in your trauma brain because you don't know where to respond and you're like, you either try to shut it down. My thing was paralyzed with fear. I would get paralyzed. I wouldn't know what to say. I'd be like, uh, 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 uh. I didn't know what to do. But what happens when you actually do the work, do the emotional work we talk about in Thrive, when you do that work, the work that we help you do, where we literally help you understand what you're feeling at any given moment in time so that you can articulate what you're feeling or set boundaries or communicate or listen or feel make her feel heard and understood. When you can make her feel heard and understood, none of that matters because you can lean in and be like, hey, I'm here for you. Instead of taking it so personal, because that's what happened here. You guys are like two little children. She's taking this personal, you're taking this personal. It's all dysfunctional shit. This is why it's so important to guys that you learn how to be a man regardless of what your wife does. Because there are so many of you right now, you're married to women, they're fucking, they just don't have it. They're immature. Some of them have mental health disorders, but we don't blame that on the dysfunction of our marriage. What we have to do is look at us. As I've said, controversially, there's no such thing as bad marriages, only bad husbands. And that is because I believe that as a husband, you are the leader of your marriage. If your marriage goes to shit, it is your responsibility. It's not your fault, it's your responsibility. It's not your fault, it's your responsibility. The difference is fault is shame-based, responsibility is leadership-based. What I mean by that is that if you've never heard me say this before, and that is that, that when you say, oh, it's my fault in my marriage, oh, you're full of shit. No one's saying it's your fault. What we're saying is it's your responsibility. Fault means I'm a bad man, I'm a bad husband, I'm a bad blah, 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 whatever. It's an identity. Whereas the responsibility of having a marriage is at fault, where you can just literally say, my marriage went to shit, I own it, I'm gonna work on it, I'm gonna work on being a better husband, regardless if she comes back or not, that's how you take ownership. Look guys, if you looked at my, my former marriage, you could easily say, well, geez, Mark, I mean, she screwed up a lot and she did bad things and this and that, it's not really your fault. No, it's not my fault, but it's definitely my responsibility. And I take 100% full responsibility for the failure of my marriage. In fact, I took so much responsibility that I filed for divorce because it was toxic, there was no moving forward, there was no getting over the past, it was just dead as it stood, and I felt like there was nothing else left to do other than file for divorce. And it was gut-wrenching, it was the hardest fucking thing I ever could do. It's not something I tell people. It's not something I, you know, I say, hey, we should do this, and hey, we should do that. No, I never recommend it to anyone because it's none of my business to recommend it. My situation was my situation was fucking unique, okay? So with you, you have to make that decision for, your for yourself. So really with this guy is, how do you know if you're being tested? You're probably not being tested, okay? More than likely, your wife or fiance or whatever is having an emotional experience that you just don't have to fucking respond to. And you gotta do the work to do it. Like, I, I, I can sit here and I can tell you all the things, but you know, what, you know what really works is getting an environment of men that are actually living and breathing it. And if you think the Facebook group is great, it's not. It's nothing compared to what we do in Thrive, in our workplace. It's a private community with men 24-7 chat, with guys going through all the shit you're going through. But instead of complaining about it, they're applying the tools we give them to level up. And you're like, Mark, I've never been a part of that. Yes, you have. If you've been to any type of trade school or advanced training, you know what it's like to, to involve yourself. Or maybe you got trained on the job. You know, maybe you were a, a, an aspiring mechanic, right? And you learned a couple things in school to be a mechanic, but then when you got onto the job and you surrounded yourself with other mechanics, you became a mechanic. Or maybe you were an athlete and maybe you learned about it, maybe you, you read books about being an athlete, but until you put yourself in the situation where you're surrounded by other athletes, 
you don't really become an athlete until then. And it's the same thing with here. You can read about being a man, you can watch all the videos about being a man, but until you put yourself in a, in a scenario, in a situation where you're surrounded by other men that are living this thing, this empowerment life, until you're surrounded by that, you're not really living your manhood, right? It, it takes other men to bestow masculinity. Now, some of you have never been fathered. You have no idea what it's like, and that's why you suck as a father. Or maybe you're more like a big brother to your kids because you don't know how to father them. And maybe you're easy, you know, I see a lot of you guys, young fathers, and you're like, oh, you're so good with the kids. Yeah, they're three and four years old. And I'm not saying that's an easy age, right? Dude, I get it. I've had seven, right? Well, what gets hard is when they become when they become older children and they become teenagers with their own minds and their own, and you don't know what, what to do. I thought I was a good dad until they became teenagers. And I realized, shit, I need to level up my own masculinity. I need to level up my own fathering here because if I don't, they're going to walk the fuck all over me. They're going to do the things that they think are okay, and that's not okay, and I'm not going to show up that way. And so I've had to challenge myself and level myself up and get around other dads that can challenge me as a father with, of teenage kids, right? And it's not to lord over them or to make them a certain way, but it's because I'm, they're still in my house. And until they're gone from my house and until they're adults on their own, I'm responsible for them. I'm responsible for what happens to them. I'm responsible for decisions they make, et cetera, et cetera. And it's definitely an area that I'm constantly trying to get better at and live in the moment. So look, guys, if you're in that place and you're like, man, this is a lot, Mark. There's a lot of shit happening. There's a lot of stuff going on. You're like, I don't know if I can do this on my own. You know what? You're probably right. Maybe you can do certain things. Maybe you can learn some tools. You can you can learn things here and there. But there's something powerful about investing financially in your own growth. Because, look, a lot of you have not. You've been cheap-ass motherfuckers. You don't value yourself. You're like, oh, I'm in therapy. Yeah, who's paying for therapy? Most of the time, it's your employer, not you, right? And when you have all that kind of stuff happening and you're not investing in yourself, what are you really investing in? Beer? Monday Night Football? Porn? Like, what are you, what are you actually investing in that's going to grow you? Your car can't grow you. Your six-pack can't grow you. Maybe grow your belly, right? Maybe your CrossFit can grow your muscles, or maybe your gym can grow your muscles, but it's not growing your emotional muscles, and that's what we do at Empowered Man. That's what we do in Thrive. And so if you're at a place where you're like, dude, I don't know much about this stuff. I don't really know what it's like to even be a man. I don't even realize know it's to be a husband. Like you finally have like started to figure out like you don't have all the fucking answers and you're ready to level up. I'm going to challenge you to get on a phone with one of our advisors. Empoweredman.co slash book. I'm going to challenge you to get on a call with one of our advisors so they can help you create a game plan for getting unstuck, for being able to powerfully move forward to become the most empowered version of yourself possible. Not the best version, the most empowered version of yourself. I just, I think the best version is selling yourself short. I think that's some life coach guru bullshit. Become the best version of yourself. No, 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 no. Empowered version. There's something more powerful about that word and becoming that kind of man. And that's my desire for you is that you would be so full of joy and life and love and power and, and, and strength that you would walk from that place so that other people around you as you produce that kind of fruit in the world that you're that you're maybe soon to be ex-wife or your kids or whatever they're gonna start to eat off that fruit like man you're so much more joyful man you're so much more happy man wow you just you just feel more powerful presence is everything if you don't know you've never been in my presence before you don't really know me a lot of guys will say man when they're in my presence something different because I carry myself differently I hold a presence 
And that has taken years to get to, and I'm continuously walking in that. It's not that I'm better than anybody. It's that I believe in the authority that's been given to me and the authority that I pass to you and that I pass to the men on my team to do the work that we do. If you're in that place and you're in that position, why keep trying to do this on your own? No one here is gonna shame you. No one here is gonna judge you about your story. Guys, we hear all kinds of stories. We hear the craziest freaking stories in the world. You, you can't imagine the shit we hear from guys. I don't care if you've been the one cheating. I don't care if she's the one who cheated. I don't care what's happened. I don't care if you've got 15 kids, five different baby mamas. None of that shit matters. What matters is that you've decided, I want to become an empowered man. And I'm done living a disempowered life. And if that's you, I'm challenging you to get on a phone call with our team, empoweredman.co, not not com, .co slash book, B-O-O-K, and that's gonna give you our application to get on a call with one of our teammates, and they're just gonna help you unpack and decide, is this the thing for you? Because look, we turn down more guys than we actually accept. I think we turn down somewhere around 70 to 80%, because we can't help everyone. And it's not that they're bad or we're bad or whatever, it's just not, it's not a fit for us. There's other things out there that may be a better fit for you. You know, if you're if you're one of these guys who are like, I just gotta save my marriage, and I'm not gonna work on me, I just need to save my marriage, it doesn't matter what happens, it's gonna go to us, go somewhere else. But if you're the kind of guy who's like, you know what, I've gotten to this place where it's like, I've detached a little bit from the outcome, and I'm not scared as much as, as I was before, and I'm ready to do some hard work on myself to look introspectively, again, we're not therapists, guys. We're not fucking therapizing you. Coaching is more about giving you tools to move forward than it is to, yeah, is there some inner work that we're going to do? Yeah, we're going to do a little bit of inner work, right? We're gonna, there's going to be some healing stuff that's going to happen, but it's going to be powerful, and it's going to be practical, like the tools we give you in Thrive is unlike anything I've ever seen before. I've been in a lot of programs, I've been a part of therapy, coaching, et cetera. Nobody does what we do at the level we do it at. And again, I've been I've been around a lot of different men's groups, masterminds, I've, for 20 plus years. I've seen a lot. And I'm not saying that, hey, we're the best, but I think we are. <laughs> I think we've got the best program for men who are wanting to take back their own masculinity and empower themselves with confidence, power, and freedom again. That's what we do in Thrive, and I want to invite you into that. It's empoweredman.co slash book, empoweredman.co slash book, and uh, we'll see you inside. Hey, thanks again for joining us on this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. If you're new here, thanks for checking out this episode, and I encourage you to take a visit back to the first episodes in this podcast. Look, we have over 50 episodes on the foundations of how to be an empowered man. I'm talking about in your relationship with your wife, your kids, your work, your boss, whoever and whomever. And I highly suggest you take some time to listen and gain some insight and knowledge from those episodes. And hey, if you want to connect with me deeper, be sure to check out the Empowered Man group. That's empoweredman.co slash group empoweredman.co slash group for latest information and to join our group of other men who are wanting to be empowered just like you. Until then, this is Mark signing off, Empowered AF 2.0.